Hello, everyone. Welcome to the When at Work podcast. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Erica from Lithuania. Welcome to the show, Erica. Welcome, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, nice to also see you and uh, hi to everyone listening to this podcast. Now, Erica, tell me about your idea of building teams and why that's important to get that right for people that are starting up a business. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that's a very good question and I think a great intro. Um, I mean, I mainly work with the B2B companies, so uh, the companies that serve other businesses. And when you're in a B2B company, you have one of the problem, one of the two problems. It's either a lead generation problem or it's a people problem, right? And um, I'm usually passionate about building teams because I, on I honestly think it takes a lot of things that you have to consider when building a team. And for me, it's like a, like a science, you know, you have to put all of those different ingredients in, stir them up and see if, uh, if something really works out. And my background also is a scientist. So that's kind of like where my passion came from. Um, but yeah, overall, I think, uh, you know, there's, there are so many sayings about how important it is to have a, a strong performing team. Um, and they, they say, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you have to build a team around you. So you cannot really build a business without having a team. That's basically how uh, I came into, into this. And what is the major frustration that, that these businesses have and they're coming to you for help? What are they telling you that, that is just not working and, and they're frustrated by it? Yeah, well, the main, the main problem that they come to me with is either they can't find the right people or the people they have on board are not performing. So it's basically the, the two main uh, problems that they face. Of course, there are multiple reasons why this happens from actual people problem to operational problem like processes, uh, leadership, management. So it really, uh, um, really is different reason. But uh, I would say, yeah, it's basically people they have on board is not uh, the right fit or they can't find the right people. So what do they do if they find that there's uh, the wrong people? What, what, what do they do from there? Um, well, actually, first of all, I help them identify if it's really wrong people, because um, when you think about that, um, people don't perform in the business for three main reasons. It's either because they don't have the motivation and that usually stems out of they don't know why the work they do matters. And uh, the way to solve it is, you know, simply communicate the vision and explain how their work fits into that vision. And that's how you can motivate your people. Um, the other reason why people don't perform is simply because they don't know um, how to do that, what is expected from them. And that could be a problem of a process or a training. Uh, so again, the fix is quite easy. You either, you know, work on the training program, uh, onboarding program, or you fix your processes. And then the third reason is they simply don't know what they need to do. And, you know, it's so much expected from them, but they don't really know what needs to be done. And the, re, uh, the way to, to solve this is simply improve the communication. Um, and that can be do done by, you know, improving the way you communicate or what plat which platforms you use to communicate, how you communicate and so on. So, yeah, the what, uh, how and why. I gotcha. So uh, you might look at this company and say, um, you need to communicate the vision of what you're trying to do and be able to get it to the people working for you. Yeah. So I'm going to suggest that from now on, we're using this platform, 
which is going to allow us to, um, you know, communicate and, and we can mm -hmm. hear about any frustrations and so on and, and just providing a path forward for them. Um, how did you go from being a neuroscientist to getting into that kind of uh, <laughs> business world? Yeah, well, it's a very interesting journey. And I mean, first of all, probably I'll explain how I got into neuroscience in the first place. And this is like a pure coincidence, uh, simply because I had extremely good grades. And uh, in Lithuania specifically, if you have good grades, you either become a doctor or you become um, like a lawyer. And so I chose the doctor's path, even though I kind of shifted towards the science. Um, but I knew from the very beginning, it's more like a passion rather than something that I want to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And yeah, I just, I mean, I'm a very adventurous person and I love challenges. And I found this challenge to join a startup um, that was based in the US and they were in marketing. And I joined that startup. Eventually I grew into being a, a chief operating officer there. And then from there, I was like, okay, this is real, my real passion. I just like to create. I mean, scientists, when you think about it, they also create something new, right? And they figure out what's the, what's the reason behind the, whatever is happening in life. So, yeah, that's basically how I turned my career from neuroscience to actually uh, being in marketing, being in business development, um, yeah, and just helping other companies grow. So how did, how did they find you? Did they advertise online uh, for, for scientists or something like that and you responded? No, 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 no. I mean, uh, you you are asking about the the marketing agency that I joined, how they found me, right? That's yes, a, that was yes. the question. Yeah. Well, I actually found them on Upwork. Um, I mean, at that well, actually, I was already uh, I already graduated. I was working in a pharmaceutical company, and I was like, oh, I need something extra because it's not enough for me. You know, corporate life was never enough for me. Uh, so yeah, so I just found a, a job on Upwork. It was more like assistant job. And I was like, oh, sounds cool. And then, yeah, and I just applied. I got the job and it started as a freelancing and then it ended up being like a full full time thing. Um, yeah, with lots of growth actually involved. Yes. And how long did you stay with the, those people? Um, now, let me think, I think three years, something along those lines. Yeah, it was around three years. But honestly, when I think back, um, I was always working actually with people because uh, when I was in the corp, I was um, managing projects. So I had a group of people like scientists, product managers, uh, like uh, researchers and so on. They were part of the team. So I was always working in team and I always knew what takes people, what makes them uh, better. Uh, so for me, it was just like changing the industry, but the, the work actually was similar. I see. And and how did you go from there mm -hmm. to forming the Prosana, which is your company mm -hmm. now? And how did you sort of, uh, did you keep one of those jobs going while you set up the Prosana? Um, well, actually, so when I joined this marketing agency, um, I left my corporate job and I was working there only. And then at some point it just... Um, I mean, I had a lot of people coming to me because they knew that agency, which actually grew quite uh, rapidly and became quite famous in the uh, in the market. Um, I got a lot of people started reaching out to me. And that's when I was like, OK, maybe I should start growing Prosana. So Prosana actually was a side business um, at the time I was part of that agency. Okay, and so then when I felt like, it, yeah. No, no, I'm not not anymore. So the, now Prosana is fully independent business. And I that's where my focus goes. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And how long did it take you 
you know, working part-time at the agency while you're building up Pretzana, how long did it take you to be able to jump right in and you had enough business to, to do it full-time? I would say probably a year. A year, yeah. I mean, the, the path, you know, it sounds like I was in a corporate and I moved to the agency and then I founded my own business, but the path was actually a bit more curvy than that. It wasn't just like from one to another. Actually, I... um I was in the agency, right? At the, at the same time, I had a side business. So I was full-time in the agency. Then I was doing persona on the side. Then I actually uh, met a partner. We created a new business called Remote. And then we kind of, I kind of shifted my attention from persona to Remote, which, is, which, which was basically the same thing, except that I had a partner and the name was different. And then, yeah, I was split with a partner. Then I moved back to the persona. So it was kind of very... It wasn't a straight growth and it wasn't a straight line. But I think it's like a common thing, right, when you start your own company. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, that's just the way yeah. things work in the real world. And and what sort of things did you do in that year that allowed you to break through? What type of content did you produce? What was the best type of marketing that allowed you to build that, the persona? Um, well, definitely I utilize LinkedIn a lot. Um, so I actually did a lot of, uh, like social selling, uh, just overall producing content, putting it on LinkedIn. Um, that kind of worked really well for me, but at the end of the day, I think for, as for any startup service business, it was all about, um, referrals. So the, the clients I worked with, they referred me to their friends, their colleagues, their, you know, partner companies. And that's how basically I grew the business. Um, but overall, you know, for anyone listening, thinking, oh, I want to do the same thing, it's just really going out there and presenting yourself and speaking about yourself and showing how you can help people solve the problems. Um, so yeah, it's not an easy journey, but it's a lot of growth, a lot of personal growth too. Yeah. And look at what Eric is doing now, going on podcasts. That's all, <laughs> all part of it. Just putting yourself out there, creating content, getting your message exactly. across. And um, what yeah. would you say, who is your ideal prospect, your ideal business that needs you, your help and the best client for you? Yeah. So I primarily work with e-commerce brands and digital marketing agencies. Uh, however, I did help companies from different industries too. Uh, those are uh, The companies that I work with are typically 5 to 50 people in size. And I mean, they just have to have growing pains. And typically, if you are at that size, you have a lot of growing pains because um, unless it's not your first business, you will face the people problems, you will face pro uh, processes problems, and you won't be able to scale the business without having strong foundations. Um, yeah, so those are my typical clients. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses that start out, maybe just one or two people, they start getting the business, and then it, they start succeeding with it, and then they hit a wall. Yeah. and um it's it's a real tough position to be in and you've got to make some big changes uh do you find that there is a lot of resistance to change that you encounter um it depends on how desperate the people are when they come to me if they are like oh i extremely need help i'm willing to listen then they typically are not resistant but if they are like oh i just want the service i feel like it's nice to have i heard this you know a lot of good comments from my friends or colleagues, um, then you can face that and simply because they think, oh, they know better. Um, but, you know, change is never easy. And as I, as I always say, it really just depends on how you keep your uh, mind open. Yes, absolutely. 
And now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, which is a bit scary because this is completely unrehearsed. But are you able to give me like a case study example of a client that was having these growing pains, what they were and what you did for them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a couple of case studies if if needed. Uh, but I was working, well, actually, there was a guy... I'm not going to actually say his name <laughs> just just yet. Um, but yeah, he came to me. Uh, they were a four-people company, marketing agency, um, fully remote, fully international. Um, and they were doing mainly marketing in uh, France. So he came to me because he was so frustrated. The people he had on board, and now there were only three people. He was already unsatisfied with how they perform. He was like, it just requires too much of my time. It just, uh, you know, too mm. much of my investment. And he wanted to build a team where he can fully step out and, as we say, work on the business rather than in the business. And um, so at that time when we started working and worked together for like six months, we managed to get him out of the business and be, be more working on the strategy side. Uh, what we did, we hire an operations uh, person for the team, which right now is the COO of the company. We grew the team to 24 people. And really, the guy was like fully able to focus on the strategy of the clients, the strategy of the business, while this uh, operations person managed to take care of everything. And we we actually were the ones to train that ops person. We were the ones to, to hire the key players, um, set up strong foundation for processes. Uh, we used the SANA platform. I don't know if you're familiar with this um, workload workflow management system. So we managed to set everything up, and honestly, the business is thriving. They are one of the best in the in Europe, actually, and actually in US Fantastic. too. I think they have quite a few, uh, yeah, recognitions there too. Well, so, that yeah. sounds, so that's like the uh, one case study. Yeah, the, 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 I, I, there's a lot of people that I talk to with the agencies and things, and I, I kind of sense that they are at that stage. And if that is you, uh, what's the first? port of call for people to get in touch with you do you have um, a strategy call or something on your website um yeah i mean they can just reach out via the application form on the website they can also dm me on it can, it can be linkedin it can be facebook it can be literally anywhere where they can find me um and then we would just hop on a call i always tend to provide a lot of value even on those introductory calls uh, because i believe in sharing value up front if you want to build true partnerships and true uh, relationships um, and then from there, really, the, the process uh, can go different ways. We typically actually do an audit of the business. We see how the business is functioning, um, you know, what state they are in in terms of uh, different areas of the business, like talent acquisition and development processes and communication, their goal setting and alignment, and then leadership and management. And we, we evaluate where they stand. And then based on that, we prepare a custom uh custom program uh, how we're going to actually tackle those areas and improve them so if you want right. to reach out really just reach out through uh, either Re website or uh, my personal pages wonderful yeah so that is the prosana.com and i'm going to put erica's linkedin contact on the when it worked blog and um i get the impression yeah. that erica is somebody who really is process oriented and is really going to build a good system for you. And um, sometimes I feel like people are just kind of a bit vague in what they're describing. And I feel like this is a really uh, useful service and um, there's a lot of people that would benefit for it. So thanks for coming on, Erica. That was very...
be entertaining and informative. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Julian. It was a pleasure. No problems. I hope you got something out of that. And once again, thanks for watching, and I'll see you on another episode very soon.